We've been in a series now, a series of messages on the subject of prayer entitled A Journey into Powerful Prayer. Now today I want to talk to you about, and it may seem like I'm on course for a while, but stay with me and, and, and you'll get the message. But I want to talk to you about not grieving the Holy Spirit, not grieving the Holy Spirit. And I can just tell you, if you want a powerful prayer life, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you want your prayers to reach heaven, if you want your prayers to make a difference in the world around you, then don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, why? Why? Why would that be the case? And and I will answer that with an understatement. And that is we need the Holy Spirit. I, I, we all need the Spirit of the living God. And the reason I call that an understatement is simply because we don't just need the Holy Spirit. Whether we know it or not, we are desperate for the Holy Spirit. And we are doomed to fail without the Holy Spirit. And we do not have the ability to live the Christian life like the Bible teaches us to live it apart from the Holy Spirit. There is no power. There is no joy. There is no victory. There is no communion without the Holy Spirit. And there is no such thing as a powerful prayer life without the Holy Spirit. You see, the reality is, without the Holy Spirit, nothing in our Christian lives works like it should work. You, you have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to have the kiss of the Holy Spirit. You have to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the direction of the Holy Spirit, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we could go on and on. You have to have all of that. If you want to have an effective prayer life, nothing, nothing works well without the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me say it this way. Apart from the Holy Spirit, no matter how committed you are, no matter how determined you are, no matter how much you read your Bible, no matter how many times you come to church, if you do not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, everything you do is just fleshly effort that will ultimately fail and fall short. You see, the Bible puts it in the simplest of terms. We're either in the spirit or we're in the flesh. And we want to be in the spirit, don't we? Now, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to share something with you that I would assume you can tell me later that many of you, maybe even most of you, have never heard from a pulpit or from any sermon. And here it is. The Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. Now, I think we've been taught otherwise. We've been taught to be casual. When it comes to the Holy Spirit. But according to the word of God. The Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. Let me back that up with some scripture. Isaiah 63.10 says. 
but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against them. Now, friends, that's frightening. Now, you could say that's Old Testament and you would be correct. But at least it lets us know, even in the Old Testament, it was important not to rebel and not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, don't miss this. This is talking about somebody who's been saved. Somebody who has received the Holy Spirit and salvation. But, but it says they rebelled. I mean, excuse me. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So once you've received the Holy Spirit, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we're told not to do that. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Spirit. The word quench means to, to, to go away, to push something away. If you're thirsty and you quench your thirst, that means your thirst goes away. It has the idea of extinguishing something. Make sure you don't quench the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you don't extinguish the Holy Spirit in your life. And then Hebrews 10, 29 says, of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and listen, and insulted the spirit of grace. By the way, there are a number of names in the Bible for grace, and one of them is the spirit of grace. And, and the Bible says that this is not good, those who insult the spirit of grace. And then Acts 5.3 says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back yourself and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? If you're familiar with that passage of scripture, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit and they died on the spot. You say, Pastor Henry, you're creating some fear when you preach like this. I think a good dose of good spiritual godly fear would help the church out a lot today. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is a God to be reverenced, to be bowed down before. And our God is a God that we should be concerned, seriously concerned when we ignore him, when we grieve him. When we try to extinguish what he's doing. Now, let me give you one more. And to me, this is the most frightening one of all. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew 12, 32. And whoever speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. Now, if you want me to explain that to you, I'm sorry, I can't do it. But I'm telling you, Jesus wanted us to know that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we better get serious. And we don't need to be speaking against what the Holy Spirit is doing. Uh, we don't need to be saying things that would conflict with the movement 
and the work of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, God is working in places that you and I probably aren't even aware of and doing things we probably don't understand, but it is not our business to stand in judgment of what God does and what He doesn't do. Now, I believe there's order in the Word of God, and I believe we have the Scriptures, but I got to tell you, people are just different, aren't they? And they respond differently. And and if we believe the scriptures, did you get all of those? Uh, listen, uh, don't rebel against the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't quench the Holy Spirit. These are all warnings in the Word of God. Don't insult the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to the Holy Spirit. And don't speak against the Holy Spirit. Now, why? Because the Holy Spirit is sensitive. And, and you would think that, wouldn't you? He's a spirit. He's an entity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But we're to be careful when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Now, I I need to clear this up by sharing with you what the things that do not quench the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what doesn't quench the Holy Spirit. A crying baby. By the way, I heard a baby cry earlier in the service. Didn't y'all hear that? The Holy Spirit was probably smiling when that happened. A crying baby doesn't quench the Holy Spirit. A cell phone going off while I'm preaching does not quench the Holy Spirit. Please turn your cell phone off. But if you forget, and I have, and your cell phone goes off, listen, you, you may be uncomfortable. I see somebody grabbing their cell phone right now. I got to get that. You may be uncomfortable And it may interrupt for a moment, but that does not quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. How about the sound system? By the way, pray for all the people who work in the sound booth back there. Yeah, pray for them. Because all that, all that stuff is, is Greek to me, but there's a lot of electronics and sometimes they pick things up and we have things that squeal and squeak and, and, and then we get feedback. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? None of that quenches the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you something else. Somebody who's singing off key. Now that quenches my spirit. But it doesn't quench the Holy Spirit. That's not what drives the Holy Spirit from you and from us. And you can come up with all of these things, but but no. But the Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. Let me tell you what he's sensitive to. When it comes to sin, the Holy Spirit is sensitive. When it comes to us ignoring what God's word says and doing it our way instead of his way and not following the holy principles of God's word, when it comes to sin, the Holy Spirit is sensitive. When it comes to ignoring the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he is sensitive. When the Holy Spirit whispers in your ear, whispers in my ear, tells us to do something, Tells us to do something. Oh. And we just, we reject that. We just delay. We don't do it. Friends, I'm telling you. That's offensive to the Holy Spirit. 
He's sensitive to that kind of stuff. Can I just stop right here and tell you a little story that I had no idea I would tell? I mean, in the last two seconds, the Lord's dropped this into my heart. Years ago, we were praying that the Lord would bless us to sell that whole facility down in Sopchoppy. We, we, were, we were praying about that. And one day, I was on my face at home. The whole church had been praying. We had a beautiful worship center down there. It's more beautiful now than it was when we had it. But we had a beautiful worship center down there. And one day I was praying and the Lord spoke to my heart. Let me tell you, friends, when the Lord speaks to your heart, it's time to do something. When the Holy Spirit whispers, do something. And the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart and said, sell the building. And, and I, uh, I said, Lord, we're trying to sell the building. And the Lord said to me, I didn't say try. I said, sell it. And I said, okay, okay, Lord, how? What do we do? And the Lord spoke to my heart and told me who to go to, what to say, how much to ask for it, and it would sell. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because I'm looking at Thurman Ruttenberry right now. And the Lord told me to get up and go to Thurman's office. Stand up, Thurman, and wave at everybody. Thank you, brother. By the way, uh, that's Billy's brother. Yeah. So I went to Thurman's office and I said, Thurman, I need you to go somewhere with me. And Thurman looked at me and do you remember what you said when you walked out of that office? You don't. Let me tell you. I remember. I won't ever forget. He said to, to all of his workers, uh, he, what's the name of your uh, survey business? Roddenberry, Roddenberry survey. We were walking out and he said, y'all pray for me. The preacher has has come to get me. (laughs) I took him to that building. And when we pulled up in front of that building, I said, I said, Billy, remember the Methodist church and such? I said, you're going to buy this building. He said, no, we're not going to buy that building. I said, yes, you are going to buy this building. The Lord told us. The Lord told me today you were going to buy it. And he said, how much you want for it? And I told him. He said, well, let me make a few phone calls. And he made some phone calls. We called a meeting. When I sat down, I guess it was probably the chairman of your finance committee. When I sat down with him and he asked me, he said, how did did you know how much money we have in our building fund? He said, the exact amount you're asking for the building is the exact amount we have in our building fund. That's what he said. He said, who told you? I wish I could say this more often, but I said, God told me, (laughs) but I didn't know God told me. I didn't know God told me until that moment. You see, sometimes God will tell you things and you won't even know it's God, but the Holy Spirit will impress it on your heart and you just, you just do it. By the way, they bought the building. They have renovated that building. It is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, And we took that money and, and we built our admin building here. I'm just saying, God spoke to me. I wonder how many times God has spoken to me that I didn't obey and I missed a blessing. I wonder how many times God has spoken to you that you didn't obey and you missed a blessing. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that, that one of the things that offends the Holy Spirit 
One of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit is when we ignore him. He gives us guidance and we don't follow that guidance. So that's something we have to do. Let me tell you something else that offends the Holy Spirit. If we're not careful, the words that come out of our mouths will offend the Holy Spirit. God didn't save you. God didn't change you. God didn't give you a new life and an eternal hope for you to talk and sound like the rest of the world. He saved you so that your words would be different. And listen to this. It is offensive to the Holy Spirit when we are disrespectful to him to the work of God. That's offensive. Not babies crying and, and, and cell phones going off. I, I know those things can be distracting. And, and again, I know that the enemy can use those things to distract us if we're not careful, but that doesn't offend the Holy Spirit. But when we, when we are disrespectful of the Holy Spirit, that's offensive. So I want to say it again. Be very, very, very careful in these matters because the Holy Spirit is sensitive. And if you want to walk with the Holy Spirit and talk with the Holy Spirit and you want the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to talk to you, then you have to be respectful. Uh, By the way, respect has almost completely evaporated from our society, hasn't it? It certainly doesn't need to evaporate from the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be respectful. If you want your prayer life to work, if you want it to be powerful, if you want it to reach heaven, if you want it to touch the world around you, move your family, move your circumstances, move your finances, touch your health, then I'm telling you, you have to have the Holy Spirit. I was, when I was preparing this message, I was talking to the Holy Spirit. I've had people ask me before, they said, are are we supposed to talk to the Holy Spirit? Well, let's see. We're told to fellowship with him. Right out of scripture, I'm quoting scripture. We're told that he's our leader. He's our teacher. He guides us into all truth. And the list goes on. There's about 25 or 30 things I made a list of. So are we supposed to talk to the Holy Spirit? You better be talking to the Holy Spirit. I was talking to him before I came to the stage. Holy Spirit, you know I need your help. Speak through me. Drive this message home. May it touch the hearts of your people. Make it may a di- make a difference in our prayer lives. So I was talking to the Holy Spirit when I was preparing this message. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me to make this clear. This thing about respect. This thing about not grieving the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit asked me a question. Now, you may want to fasten your seatbelts because I'm going to get on some real sensitive ground here. The Holy Spirit asked me a question, and this was the question. What do you do, talking to me, what do you do when your wife is disrespectful to you? We... We know if you know your Bible that there's a scripture that actually says, husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands, love and respect. 
Love and respect. Scooter, we've got a class coming up, don't we, on love and respect. When does that start? The 16th. Sign up for love and respect. It's a great class. It'll make a difference in your marriage. But we're told in the Bible that husbands are to love their wives and wives are to respect their husbands. And and the Holy Spirit asked me, what do I do when my wife disrespects me? I knew immediately. I knew the answer immediately. The answer is when she's disrespectful of me, meaningful, joyful, loving conversation ends. Just, it's just gone. By the way, the same is true when I'm unkind and unloving with her. It just ends. Now, we may throw a few words at each other, but the conversation has ended. Anything fruitful and good and helpful ends when we don't obey what the Word of God says. Are you with me? It just ends. My wife and I have two words that we've used for many, many years. She uses those two words. I use those two words. I recommend them to you. It's, it's helped us quite a few times. When I'm unkind and unloving in something I do or say to her, she will say to me, conversation stopper. That's all she says. And I know exactly what she's talking about. If you're going to talk like that, if you're going to treat me like that, conversation's over. And there are times when she, maybe once or twice, not many times in our 50 years of marriage, I do have to go home with her, so I'm being careful here. Once or twice, she's been disrespectful of me, and I'll say, conversation stopper. And that's what we say to one another. And it is a reminder that I am to love her with my actions and my words. And she is to respect me with her actions and her words. Now, on those occasions when it happens, when I'm unloving and she's disrespectful, the marriage does not end. The deep and sacred commitment of marriage is still there. We've made a sacred vow before the Lord our God. It's still there, but the conversation is over. She says something disrespectful to me, and more times than I would like to admit, I respond by saying something unkind and unloving to her. Now, don't look at me like you're so righteous. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I feel, pastor, pastor, you know you've done it. You know you've been guilty of it. You know what I'm talking about. I'm unloving. She's disrespectful. I just saw a husband and wife kiss each other right in the middle of this service. I'm serious. I saw it. I'm not telling you the truth. I saw it right here, just there. Yes. Praise the Lord. But when I'm unloving and she's disrespectful and, and it, 
Somebody needs to run to the Word of God and believe the Word of God and start doing what the Word of God says do. Somebody needs to change the tone. It's important. But stay with me. When, when there's disrespect, something happens. Let's, let's, let's talk about this just for a moment. So I'm meditating on this. It was a clear, a clear question from the Lord where he's going to teach me something about prayer. And I'm thinking about this. When my wife's disrespectful to me, what do I do? Now, I don't always do this, but sometimes I do this. I go to my pole barn. I get out of the house. I get away from her. I create some distance. I go to my pole barn. Got me a rocking chair out there. Got me a little fire pit out there. And I go out there and... I, I want to say enjoy myself, but I don't think I really enjoy myself when I... But I get away from her. You, you, might, you might say, Pastor, don't be so sensitive. I'm not too sensitive. If anything, I'm too biblical. Because I'm telling you that the Bible says my wife is to respect me. By the way, men, isn't it time for men to stand up and be men again and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what the word of God says? Did I tell you I was going to be on some sensitive ground? Did I say that? I was honest with you, wasn't I? Yeah. Not too sensitive. Too biblical. You say, well, well, what about the biblical part about you supposed to love her? I do love her. I love her with all my heart. I just don't have to talk to her when she's being disrespectful to me. <laughs> Boom. Get some distance. By the way, me going to the pole barn is a good idea. Getting about a hundred yards between us. She can't hear a word I'm saying. <laughs> and it gives me time to say it and repent of it and get over it without her ever even knowing it. I'm going somewhere with this. You know I am. You see, when there's, when there's a breach in the way we love our wives and there's a breach in the way she relates to us and she's no longer respectful, communication stops. There's a separation. We quit talking, at least meaningful talk. Hey, I've been a pastor for a long time. I can't tell you how many people have come into my office and especially ladies. Ladies, listen to me. I'm about to tell you something. And they will say to me, we don't talk anymore. We don't talk. We just live together. We don't talk. Well, are you doing what God's word says? Are you loving and respectful? Are you? You, you want conversation back in your marriage? Do what God's word says. So ladies, let me just spell it out for you. Get up in the, ladies. <laughs> when you get up in the morning, tell him how great he is. Yeah. 
Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how good looking he is. Ladies, I'm talking to you. Listen, men are easy if you'll just do what God's Word says do. All you got to do is just do what God's Word says do. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him how good looking he is. Tell him how successful he is. And you may say, well, I don't think any of those things are true. <laughs> Obey the Word anyway. Build him up. Encourage him. Tell him how thankful you are that he's your husband and just praise him. And when he gets up off the floor because he fainted, he's going to look at you and say, who are you? What happened to you? And you can just say, I finally believed what God's word said. And I started doing today what God's word says. And by the way, I, I'm not going to go to the side of the men and loving their wives, but I think we have double responsibility men on the loving part. I think our response, I, ladies, I think you have a responsibility to do that, to respect your husband. I think you have a, a double responsibility men. To, for us to love our wives. And by the way, there's no place in here where it says respect them if they deserve it or love them if they deserve it. This is what God says. This is not an after the fact. This is a before the fact. You start doing what God's word says. Makes all the difference in the world. And, and can I just clear something up while I'm on a, on a roll? I hear this all the time, and the more I hear it, the more it just, I just don't like it. It's a half-truth. And you know what a half-truth is? A whole lie. Here's a half-truth. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Now, that's true. But that's a half-truth. We live in a feminist society that's driving a feminist agenda and everything is more and more about females. And I thank God for females, especially one female. <laughs> but I can tell you, don't let a feminist agenda change the fact that men are equally important that the way a man feels in the house is as much as as important as the way a woman feels in the house. <clears throat> and I don't know about the home you grew up in, but I can tell you the home I grew up in, if daddy wasn't happy, nobody was happy. My daddy would beat the daylights out of you. Men. Oh, friends. So, let's get back to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Quickly, huh? When you insult the Holy Spirit, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, when you quench the Holy Spirit, when you live your life like there's not even a Holy Spirit, you don't ask for advice or direction. You don't get in the word of God and let the Holy Spirit tutor you and teach you the truth of God's word. 
When you do that, the Holy Spirit just does what I did. He just goes to the pole barn, as it were. You don't lose your salvation, but you lose your conversation with the Lord. He doesn't talk to you anymore. And you lose all hope of having an effective, powerful, meaningful prayer life. Why? The Bible makes it clear you don't even know what you should pray for as you ought to. Are you familiar with that? Without the help of the Holy Spirit, it's just a, a, an exercise we go through that amounts to nothing. It doesn't accomplish anything. We need the Holy Spirit. And so, friends, what I'm telling you is this, and that is if you want your prayer life to work, it's time that we reverence the Holy Spirit. It's time we respect the Holy Spirit. It's time we obey the Holy Spirit. It's time that we let the Holy Spirit guide us and direct us and communicate with us and through us. Get sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, every now and then somebody will say say to me, well, we're not supposed to focus on the Holy Spirit. I challenge you. I'm actually doing this right now. Read through the New Testament and mark every scripture that teaches us about the Holy Spirit. And you got about half the New Testament. And I've had people say, well, we're not supposed to focus on the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to focus on on Jesus. Try to get to Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Just try. You'll spend the rest of your life spinning your wheels. When when you go, when, when you say, okay, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. You're my guide. You're my advocate. You're the one who strengthens me and comforts me. You're the one who helps me in my weakness. And I'm coming to you and I'm bowing down before you. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sensitive to you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will take you all the way to Jesus. He'll take you all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to close with this. And this is something I've actually been doing. And that is... Maybe it's time for you. It has been for me. I've learned so much over these past three or four months. Maybe it's time for you to have a little talk with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's time for you to say, and again, I'm telling you, I've done this. So I know it works. To bow down before the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. I just want to apologize. For every time I've ignored you. I want to apologize for every time I've been disobedient. I want to apologize for every time I've lived and acted like you didn't even exist. I want to apologize. Please forgive me, Holy Spirit. And then I've been following my prayers like this. Holy Spirit, you are awesome. You're beautiful. Beyond understanding. You are glorious. You are magnificent. You are the Holy Spirit of the living God. And I, I just love you, Holy Spirit. I've been walking around since I'm preparing this message. I've been walking around for days saying, I love you, Holy Spirit. Oh, wonderful Holy Spirit. Glorious Holy Spirit. Magnificent Holy Spirit. And, and let me tell you what happens, friend. When you do that, the Spirit of God will begin to speak to you you will start hearing 
And you'll start praying and, and the Holy Spirit will start praying through you and moving in you. I, 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 I really just want to tell you that this is something you need to do. And I, there's one verse in the Bible, I can't remember where it is right now, but there's one verse in the Bible that says there's three things we need. You ready for this? By the way, if you can't find it, see me after the service, I'll look it up for you. Three things we need, three things you need, three things every one of us need. You need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, all three of these are in the same verse. You need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need the love of God. And you need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We need all three of them, don't we? Have you been fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit? If you want your prayer life to really work, it's time to fellowship with the Holy Spirit.